Welcome back to another Soul Driven interview. What is up? What is up? Thank you for being here. Our first interview of April. What's up, April? I'm kind of pumped for this month. How are you feeling? How's it how's it hanging for you? <laughs> I maybe shouldn't use that exact verbiage, but whatever. It felt like fun to say, so I'm just going to go with it, you know? Sometimes I like saying things just because they're fun to say. Like my favorite Spanish word is pantalones. Pantalones. I just, I love the word silly nonsense that you didn't need today. But hopefully my silliness put a smile on your face. <laughs> so I'm really excited to introduce you to Adam. We were introduced back in 2020 by a mutual marketing friend. So that's kind of what Adam and I used to really focus on is marketing. And we we were in the same circles, we knew each other's name, but we had never fully connected. And in 2020, my friend was like, Anna, you've got to like meet Adam because he's also got this really incredible podcast and it's all about spiritual stuff too. And I think you guys would really hit it off. And so he connected us. We jumped on the phone and we talked for like a long, long time. And then we're just like, man, we, we, yeah, we just really hit it off. His energy, my energy, it vibes, it works. He's uh, someone after my own heart who is also a multi-passionate entrepreneur and specializes in many different things, which I know for some people just kind of gives you the head spins. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but for some of us, uh, multi-passionate entrepreneurs, AKA manifesting generators, we like doing multiple things, specializing in multiple things. And I love talking with someone like Adam because I'm just like, you feel me on this. This is why, this is why. Side note, anyway. All right, so before I kind of dive into introducing you to Adam, I've got two quick announcements. First of all, if you want to join me this month for Access the Akashic Records workshop, it is on the 25th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not need to join live. I've had a couple of folks reaching out to me about this. So if you sign up for the workshop, then you get the replay, the tools, um, the meditations, and that's information that you can download and keep so that you can review it on your own. In addition, you get access to a private community for folks that have been in my workshops before. So if you have additional questions, you can bring them to the group. I'm there, ask your questions, those kinds of things, share your experiences so that the learning can continue because community is something we need, especially when learning the Akashic Records. Um, but dive in, you can find the link in the show notes, learn more about that. It's an intro workshop, but you will walk away with everything that you need to begin a serious practice with the Akashic Records. So we talk about the guidelines, like how to work within the records, communicating. I take you through this gorgeous, gorgeous um, uh, initiation that was channeled through for me. Um, it, it's, it's a fantastic time. I love it. I'm like super high when the workshop's over. I can barely sleep because <laughs> I love teaching so much. So if this is of interest to you, check that out. Um, I also do offer like one-on-one -on -one mentorships. If you learn better in that environment, um, feel free to contact me. And the only other announcement is that if you don't know 
I'm doing live weekly Akashic Record forecast readings on YouTube every week. I think I already said Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, I may be kind of reworking that in my schedule. We're just going to kind of see. But for now, I'm there. And if you can't join live, feel free to hit up the replay. Um, but come, hang out live. Enjoy the forecast. We'll talk about it. If you have general questions that you would like to ask the Akashic Records, this is a beautiful time. Um, but I'm there. I'm there for you. I'm there to hang out. I'm there to begin, you know, begin cultivating community in another space. So I would love to have you. All right. So let's dive in. Um, Adam, Adam, Adam. Okay. I'm going to read his bio first and then tell you a little bit about some of the things we talk about in this episode. So Adam Dince is a healer and author who specializes in past life regression, near death experience regression, life between lives regression, and hypnotic regression techniques that heal trauma, limiting beliefs, and other challenging life experiences. In addition to hypnotherapy, Adam is sacred toad medicine man, Reiki master teacher, shamanic rose healer teacher, and the founder and healer at Sacred Stairways Hypnotherapy and Healing, located in Stillwater, Minnesota. Adam's also the author of Back to the Beyond, Exploring Near-Death Experiences Through Hypnosis, which is a book that he just published and we definitely, definitely talk about in this episode. So some of the things that we really touched on that um, that I'm excited to share with you, uh, we talked, of course, about Adam's background, and he has a very, very beautiful story that, you know, just really shows us how many miracles come through pain, you know, and how our greatest evolutions come through painful experiences. I'm af- often asked so many times by clients, people who reach out to me, like, why do we have to experience pain, Anna? You know, what what's going on here? Why why did I have to lose my my you know my favorite parent or uh, my child or you know this happened or that happened? Um, and everything happens for a purpose and a reason. And that's not to like sugarcoat that or like to make it better, but you know there are some stories that just really helped illustrate that. And Adam is a beautiful one. So you'll enjoy his story. We definitely talk about spiritual bypassing, um, especially within the spiritual community, which I think is something that, you know, a lot of us resonate with thinking that, oh, when you get your spiritual wings, then, you know, like you never have a bad day or shit never hits the fan, which is just not true. (laughs) Right. Um, we dive into the live between lives regression, which I was really curious to learn more about, um, because I had read a book and I I just wanted to clarify, um, and what Adam shared was really interesting. In addition, we dove into, um, the NDEs, the near death experiences, which I, I, all I have to say is I'm really pumped to read his book. I'm really curious about it. Back to the beyond exploring near death experiences through hypnosis. So he came at this in a completely different way than other people did and used his own clients, um, for the research for this book. And so if that is something that is of interest to you or resonates with you, highly recommend checking out that book. Of course, all of the links to the many things that he does will be in the show notes. You can check those out really easily. And so, yeah, I just, I loved having this conversation with Adam. He is a beautiful, beautiful human. I, I'm sure that you're going to be able to feel it 
through his energy. Uh, the first time we talked, it was just like, oh my gosh, I love this guy's energy. I just click, click, click. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hush now so that you can enjoy this wonderful, wonderful conversation with Adam Dintz. Much love. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. All right, Adam, I can't believe that you are finally here with me on the Soul Driven Podcast. It's so cool because... I feel like we were connected through a mutual friend back in 2020, and then we just had this massively long conversation. You had your podcast going, I think, full blast then, right? Yeah, I think we were we were just getting ready to wrap the uh, the season, uh, yeah. the 2020 season. Yeah, yeah, and we were both like, okay, we've got to interview each other and all the things, and then like. Boom. It's 2022. And it's just now happening. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The pandemic. Boy, it's, uh, yeah. It, it put a stop to a lot of things now, didn't it? <laughs> it's just so wild to me. It's like, you know, I've been running into, uh, friends. Oh gosh. Over the past couple of weeks. And it's like, it's literally been years since I've seen you, you yeah. know? And that's yeah. just the wildest thing. I think we're all kind of reeling in regards to like, what has happened? Like, and now we're kind of like coming back out. Maybe like, obviously all of us are in different places here in Wilmington. It's like super safe. So, um, Wilmington never even really got hit that hard. So, which was weird in the midst of it, but now I'm just like, okay, uh, uh, back to life. I don't know. It's very strange. Um, yeah. Either way, I am so pumped to finally have you here with, with me so we can geek out. So thank you yes. for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So of course I have like a million questions for you because Adam, you've done so many different things. You do so many different things. You're like my spirit animal because <laughs> <laughs> um, I like doing so many different things too. But of course, I always start off with my question, what makes you soul-driven? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, when I think about, when I think about what, it, what it means to be soul-driven, soul um, I think in order to really, to, in order to truly be soul-driven, it begins with knowing who we are. Right. And I, I like to, uh, um, I like to give this, I like to share this analogy of, of a stream and, and within the stream, there are multiple whirlpools, right. Or let's just imagine it as a river and you're on a white water raft and you're going down a river and all of a sudden you see a whirlpool in front of you and you all oh, look at that whirlpool. We better go right up, right through the middle of it or we're going to get sucked in. Right. And so you, you plan it perfectly. You go through the center and as you're going down, see another whirlpool spin. Oh, there's another whirlpool. And I, I use that analogy because 
when we see the whirlpool, it, it obviously is a different form than the river, but really the whirlpool is just two different cur currents going in opposite directions, creating that the appearance of a whirlpool, but it's really just the river manifesting itself in, in a different form. And we as we here, not just us humans, but everything that has life in it is the same thing. Um, everything in existence is the river, but the tree we see outside, our dog, our, our pets, ourselves, we're these whirlpools. And we look at each other and say, hey, on a whirlpool, good to see you. And you say, hey, Adam Whirlpool, it's good to see you too. But what we really are are the river, but it's just the river manifesting itself in a way, again, that we, we give it a name, a label, and it's something else. And we go on believing that we're this whirlpool, not part of the river. And so we act like a whirlpool and we make decisions that a, a whirlpool would make. And, and I love the way Eckhart Tolle speaks about, you know, human beings being both human and being, Right. In our beingness, our beingness side, I relate to being of the river, and our human side is being of, of the whirlpool. And when we become aware, when we awaken to who we are, and we become aware that, hey, we're not this whirlpool, we're just the river pretending that we're the whirlpool, we begin to create this separation between the two, which allows us then to begin to connect intentionally more with that being side of us. And as we begin to connect more with that being side of us, our human side, which is our ego or our personality, whatever you want to call it, begins to learn how to dance a little bit better as it builds that relationship with the soul, with the beingness. And as you continue to mature that relationship, that allows you to be soul-driven and it allows you to be... Um, to make decisions, to think, to communicate from the heart space instead of from all of the variety of thoughts and behaviors and uh, triggers and all the other things that we, we tend to accumulate over our lives as human beings. So that's my best answer for Yana. <laughs> <laughs> so me personally, this like I get caught up in like the like, wait, what? You go through the middle of a whirlpool? Is that like literally how you traverse whirlpools? Just yeah. a side note question. Is yeah. That how you I, handle a whirlpool? Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, speaking of North Carolina, I went to a uh, summer, summer camp up in North Carolina and um, we had a camp counselor who was a Marine and you know how they are. <laughs> Hoorah. Uh, and so we're like, we're like 10 years old and, and this guy takes us across the border into Tennessee and we get on the Ocoee river, which is mm -hmm. like one of the top, you know, like it's know intense. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the Akoli and, and his name was Mickey. He's a great dude. And he's like, all right, we're going to be going through, we all got on this white, we got on this raft. He's like, we're going whitewater rafting today. And that's how he guided us. We'd see these, we'd go through these massive whirlpools and he'd be like, all we got to do is go through the center because wow. if you go, if you hit either side, it's going to suck you in. So you got to go right through the center. And, um, and that's what we did. And so uh, I could be wrong but that's how we were taught and, uh, and it worked well for us. We, we all survived. No, that's awesome. Hey, learn something new every day on top of other <laughs> things. Um, yeah, I, well, I grew up on rivers and playing in rivers and actually got sucked into, a, um, got sucked into like a water pocket, I think is what they're called once when I was a kid and 
almost drowned. Like I literally remember looking up and seeing like the sky and just being like, okay, so am I going to be able to get out of here? Because the river was just like holding me down and I was like stuck. And fortunately, um, a friend of mine pulled me out, but Wow. Um, so I'm thinking like, wait, what? We go through the middle of the whirlpool. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, that just, was the trick. <laughs> I just didn't know, but that's good. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. You know, I think that, I think that, um, for some of us, maybe we're a little bit more naturally like on course from a younger age than perhaps others, you know, without even realizing the difference between ourselves and others or whatever the case may be. And maybe just end up a little bit more naturally soul driven, you know, or connected. Um, Mm -hmm. I love, so Adam, right. Sacred medicine, hypnotherapy, Reiki, um, shamanic rose healing. Like there's so many different elements to you. Um, but of course I want to start like your background, your beginning. Like, I'm really curious to know, like if you were, like who, what you were like as a kid. And then I'd love for you to also share a bit about um, what brought you to where you're at now, which again is doing so many different things, but, um, but I'd love to just know more about your background. And I'm super curious to know if you were like a spiritually curious kid. <laughs> I'm real, I'm, it's interesting you asked that question. So I, I was a nightmare as a kid uh, and uh, you know, and it wasn't, I'll lead and say it wasn't my fault because, you know, I don't want to take the blame for anything that I've done. My behavior is not my responsibility, but, um, <laughs> of course not. You know, I, I, I grew up, um, I grew up in a, I don't know, maybe it's a traditional family these days, but my parents got divorced at a, a very early age. I don't even, I must've been in kindergarten or, or somewhere around that time frame. I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Uh, and my mother was, uh, addicted to narcotics heavily, uh, was Mm. for, for most of her adult life. Again, not her fault, just some unfortunate incidents that led to that. And I think most people who, who have addictions, they're not bad people. They just, um, you know, life gets hard or things happen and, and, you know, it's just part of, part of the path. And so, you know, they got divorced and, and my dad got custody of me because my mother wasn't able to, you know, take care of me, obviously. And, of course, I had lots of issues, as you can imagine, from from that happening as a child, and and you know when you witness your mom uh, laying on the bathroom floor dying, is uh, is a is a kindergarten age kid, you know, um, it's not a good it's not a it's not a good environment uh, to be in. And so my dad got custody of me. Uh, my dad was a brilliant jazz musician, awesome guy. He uh, he gave up his whole life to take care of me, and of course, I still have some guilt for letting. Uh, uh, you know, my, my behavior not match the love and, 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 and what he, he was giving me as a child. But with that said, my dad was an atheist. You know, my dad was born in 1930. Uh, my, both my parents are Jewish and uh, my dad being born in 1930 was alive during the, the Holocaust. He, he wasn't in Germany or Poland or Europe or anywhere where his life was threatened, but, you know, he, he was obviously very aware of what was going on in Jews back in, in, during World War II times, either went full on God mode, right? Like, you know, grasping onto anything they could for hope and, you know, or they went the opposite way and said, why, if there is a God, why would God let this happen to six million Jews, right? So my dad went the route of the atheist and 
didn't believe really in anything. In fact, he was quite antagonistic to, to any sort of God archetype or higher power archetype, understandably so. And so, but there was just something weird about me as a kid. You know, I always, I, I always felt like there was something missing, you know, from as far back as I can go, there must be a God there. There must be a higher power, something. I, I didn't know have the words for it. And in fact, I used to lay in bed at night and uh, as a kid in Florida, it would always rain. And I would, I would, I would close my eyes as I was laying in bed and I would say, Jesus, if you're God, send a bolt of lightning down right now. So I know for sure it's you. And of course, no light bolt, light bolt, uh, light bolt would come down. And then I would say, okay, Muhammad, if you're God, make it thunder right now. And I'd go through all the God archetypes that I knew, I I knew consciously back then and and nothing ever really reared itself. Uh, And so fast forward to about high school, I end up getting, uh, uh, dating this girl who, um, you know, she was, she was a, a, a good old, uh, Southern Baptist, uh, um, gal. And we were, we were dating. And one day she said to me, Adam, I, we, we have to, I have to break up with you. And I was like, why? And she says, well, because you're not Christian. And I'm afraid that if something happens to you, you're going to die and go to hell. And I couldn't live with that. And so I said, okay, well, how about I go to church, um, and, and explore that, you know, cause I, I was in full exploration mode at that point in time. I mean, I was studying Wicca. I was studying everything. I just wanted to I was still in search of, of discovering who, who God was. And I, and I said, and she's like, okay. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to church with you. I want to go to church on my own. And I want to go through my own path of discovery. And so I did, I started going to a different church and I went there for about three or four months until my dad found out that I was going to get uh, baptized. <laughs> it was an Episcopalian church. It wasn't a Southern Baptist church. It was a very mellow church. And my dad called the church and threatened to sue them if they went through with it. So uh, I stopped going to that church and I stopped going to church until I could drive, until I learned how to drive. And when I got my car, I started going to the church that my my girlfriend was going to. Uh, and so I, he, he uh, unwittingly traded in an Episcopalian church for a Southern Baptist church, which is much more hardcore in what they believe <laughs> than, you know, like brimstone and fire. Yeah. And uh so I ended up having a spiritually transformative experience in that church a few months after being there, uh, not religious, but spiritual. And I, I did meet Jesus that day and I converted and I, 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 I became a pretty hardcore Southern Baptist for, for many years. I became a youth director of a church, um, you know, so on and so forth. And then, you know, once you get into sort of the leadership roles and in, in any, I guess in any religion, you start to see all the business behind it and, you know, oh, the pastor needs a new car, so we need to find seven thousand dollars for the new car. It's like, why, why are the tithe, why are the tithes paying for the pastor's car? And, and not that anything's wrong with it. I mean, it's you know, a church is a business, just like anything is, and a pastor has to make a living. But at the time, it didn't sit well with me. So, um, and I got into it with the church, and I ended up leaving and walked away completely. And uh, shortly after walking away from church in two thousand five, my dad uh, died unexpectedly. And, and, uh, and my dad and I were best friends. We had patched up a lot of, you know, the, 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 the challenges we had after I had converted to Christianity and, and, you know, that, that wasn't very pleasant for, for a long time, but we became, I joined the military and shipped out and we became good friends after that. And so when he died, um, you know, I didn't have a mom really. So it was like losing two parents at the same time. And, uh, and I really struggled with that loss. I didn't know how to process it. And none of my traditional religious beliefs helped exp- help me feel any better. 
know, I didn't want to believe that my dad was burning in hell somewhere. He was a good man. You know, how, how could that be? So a good friend of mine at the time, she was a very successful restaurateur in, 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 in uh, the Phoenix Scottsdale area, uh, an Italian lady who owned a bunch of Italian restaurants. And she says, Adam, you got to talk to my medium. I've got this medium who's incredible. You got to talk to him. He's going to connect with your dad. And he's, I've worked with him my whole life. You got to talk to him. And I never would have considered that prior to my dad's passing. I thought, you know, psychics and mediums are tapping into something of the devil. Right. And so, but I was willing to, I was willing to try anything at this point. Uh, I was desperate. I was in such bad shape. And so I talked to this medium, I'll, I'll keep the story short, but he did connect with my dad in a very profound way. And this is, he didn't know my last name. All he knew when I called him was my first name was Adam, but he just knew. And, um, and he knew things that I didn't know about my dad. And I was able to validate those things after we spoke with some of my family members and my dad's friends. And so that opened the door really on it to my spiritual exploration and, and that, you know, I've, I've, I've learned, I didn't know what you you know, back then it's like, well, what do you call it? You know, it's, you know, we like to label things an awakening, right? Consciousness, but we don't, you know, they're just labels, they're words, they're sounds. It's not what they really are. It's just how we explain them. So I began this journey of, of self-discovery back in, in, in 2005 that led all the way up to 2017, where I had a, a really powerful, uh, um, call it a um, boost to, to, the awakening and began manifesting things really quickly in my life. And, uh, you know, I discovered I end in 2017, I was diagnosed with PTSD related to loss. Uh, I was still struggling. Uh, and I, I, I was like, okay. And I went through this awakening and I was like, okay, well, what do spiritual people do? How do I become more spiritual? Oh, spiritual people meditate. Okay. I didn't have anyone to talk to about this stuff. I didn't know what, what I was doing. And so I ended up buying this meditation book, this guided meditation book. I ended up listening, it was an audio book and I ended up listening to it and meditating. And then through meditation, I discovered chakras and our energy centers and all of that good stuff. And I ended up working on myself and ended up in a few months curing myself of the PTSD that I had that I, you know, been struggling with for 12 plus years. And uh, at that point I was like, okay, well, how do I, you know, I shouldn't even say, how do I, things just kept manifesting. And I ended up meeting people who are like, oh, you're a healer. You're a healer. You should, you know, and I'm like, okay. And I met a Reiki master teacher who's like, yes, you're a healer and you should study with me. And I ended up studying with her. And then I had a past life regression because I, up to that point, I hadn't really had a mystical experience and I wanted to experience one. And I started to read about past lives. And Anna, I did not want to, I did not want to believe that we live more than one life. You know, this life is hard, you know, and I'm like, I can't, I can't buy into this. I'm going to come back again thing. You know, I, when I die, I just want to go to heaven and sing with Jesus, you know, and be done with all of this, this earthly stuff. Um, but I experienced the past life regression, which was the most beautiful thing. And I was like, okay, I want to learn how to do this um, to work with my, you know, to, to bring to my healing clients. And so I went to hypno school and became a hypnotherapist and you know, I could go on and on about how the path went, but everything just kept unfolding. And, and here I am today. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, for the path and for, um, you know, just, just everything that's happened, you know, I see my blood, I see my struggles as blessings. I see my, 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 uh, um, suffering as, as blessings. And it's really helped me to understand now when I go through difficult times that, that these difficult times are all teachers, you know, they're all, they're all pressure on the coal. That's going to, you know, 
continue to turn that coal into a diamond. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, regardless of how difficult it, it may, may feel at times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I mean, that's a really powerful story. And, you know, I also was a product of divorce and I know how difficult that can be. Um, and my father is like, you know, one of my favorite people on the planet. So I, I still just, I mean, whenever I talk with people about who have lost their father or who, um, you know, might be losing their father or anything like that. Like I always, I can get teary, like in a second, I'm just yeah. so thankful and grateful God. And I have this thing, like I told God, I'm like, you can't have my dad until you like replace him with someone else who can be there for me, like my dad, you know? So I can't even imagine, um, that'll be a tough one, even though I know as much as I do. And I'm so grateful that at this point, at least and moving forward in my life, because I know you didn't have any of the information that you know now, right, mm -hmm. back then, and how how much easier that would have been for you, even though you would have, I'm sure, still experienced a lot of grief. But um, I think your story is really beautiful in that it really illustrates to me, like, the path of a seeker, you know, and someone yeah. who truly is, like, born into a life, like, knowing, like, there's more, there's more. And I think that's maybe why you and I like resonated so much immediately because it was, you know, I, I was born knowing God. So that was never a question for me, but I, like, I just always knew there was more to life, like everyday life. Mm -hmm. So I was like always looking for that, you yeah. know, like, dude, we don't just go to school and get married and like work. Like there's so much more, you know, I was looking for the magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but your, your story is so powerful because like there's so much pain there. And the thing that I continuously hear from clients, from, you know, when people ask me questions about the Akashic Records or anything, there's like, why do we have to experience so much pain? So thank you so much for sharing that. Because to me, it's just, again, a really beautiful illustration of how pain can awaken us to mm -hmm. our next steps in life. You know, it, it helps us yeah. become more and more conscious. And I can't even tell you how many readings I've done for people where like they lost their parents at a really young age or mm -hmm. whatever. They lost someone really close. And it was, it was like, if this person would have stayed in their life, they wouldn't have stepped into what it is that they're doing now. You know, like they would not yeah. have awakened in whatever form that was. Um, but those are not easy things to deal with in, in our, in our present state. So, um, I'm just so thankful that you kept going and kept searching and like how beautiful that you freaking found this book and like did these things and healed yourself. And, um, yeah, I just want to commend you for that because not everyone, not everyone does that, you know, um, they dive into the, the numbing mm -hmm. agents or mm -hmm. they go in other directions. So I'm really thankful that, that you fought for yourself in the midst of all of that. Yeah, Anna, I'd like to say one last thing about pain and suffering since yeah. we're on the topic, because you may have some folks who are listening who are going through that right now. And, you know, um, when you when you get on, as you called, on, on the seeker's path or, or, or once you find what you're looking for and now you're on the finder's path, right? Um, it's it's easy to see others who are on the path too, who, who feel like, you look at them and you're like, wow, they've got all their stuff together. And then you have a bad day where you can't get out of bed and you're just depressed or you're whatever the case is. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I, 
Like I shouldn't feel this way because knowing what I know, right. I should just be love and light and, and, and happiness and joy. And I think there's this, uh, uh, um, there's a lot of bypassing that goes on in spirituality. Um, and, and, and it's all part of the path, right? I mean, I went through that piece too. Trust me. I did plenty of bypassing where I didn't want to, I don't want to look at that because it's going to make me sad. And, and, and I, you know, I don't want my vibration to lower, right? Screw all that stuff. Um, you know, and what, what really resonated for me, what really changed the way I look at things. And I think about it every, every single day. And it just inspires me so much. So I was, I was listening to my, I call him my guru, my teacher, Ram Das. He, he, I just, I have so much gratitude for that, that beautiful soul. Um, I know how you met, how much you love him. <laughs> yeah. Like Ram Das and I, he's one of my guides. I see him all the time in, 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 in hypnosis sessions and in, in uh, meditations. He's always in medicine ceremonies. He's always with me. Um, but he, uh, he said, he was giving a lecture and he says, yeah, a lot of y'all don't, he says, a lot of you don't read the news because it's scary and it's dark. And it's, 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 you know, or you don't get involved in world events because, you know, you're peaceful and loving. And he, and he said, if you think that God only exists at the mouth of the river or the top of the mountain, then you've missed it. And what I got from that, from what, what he said was, you know, God is everything. God isn't just happiness and joy, but God is suffering and pain. If, 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 if you, if you look at, at the yin and yang, right, there's light in the darkness and darkness in the light. That's the lesson. And we, we are not fully, we, we cannot become fully actualized or become whole until we accept both the light and the dark. We are, that's what makes us who we are. And when we lose somebody, when we feel pain, in fact, that pain, that suffering can bring us closer to God than the happiest of moments in our lives. And, you know, if you think of the ego's job, let's just break this down. The ego's job is to drive us as far away from pain as it can and as close to pleasure as it can. And so if you're resting on that, call it a uh, uh, um, uh, polarity of pain, you're as close to God as you're going to get because that's what when your ego gives up and waves the flag and says, I'm done. I'm taking a time out. I can't deal with all this stuff. This is not good. You eventually break that barrier where it's just you and it's God, even if you don't realize that it's God or spirit. And so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, who's suffering or goes through bouts of depression or suffers through anxiety. There's nothing wrong with you. Love, love the person, love the, love the one that recognizes that anxiety. Well, love the one that go ahead. go ahead go ahead no no I'll, I'll keep rambling so you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna say um you know I don't know if you've read the book conversations with God it's one of those books that was life-changing for me it's very very powerful but it's a conversation between a man and God and God talks about how we wouldn't know love if we didn't know hate right? We wouldn't know loneliness if we didn't know companionship. Like we mm -hmm. wouldn't know these things if we didn't know the other, like they all go together yeah. and they're what helps us to appreciate, you know, like the low times help us to appreciate the high times. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you're just always experiencing high times, I mean, I don't know about you, but like as a kid, I would think about like, like I, I got 
you know, I was, I grew up in a Christian, uh, environment and I would get really stuck on this idea of being in heaven for eternity. I mean, I remember like third grade being like eternity, eternity, like what? Like forever and ever. Like, like it made me tired just to think yeah. about because I'm like, what the hell do we do? Like, yeah, worship God all day. Like, like knowing, forever. knowing everything, being in like, like happy all the like what? No, and that's you know like it was funny because you mentioned like why do we come to this planet because it's so difficult, but like Earth is a learning planet, right? We're here to experience the polarity. That's literally why we're here because that enables us to learn so much. In a, such mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I had the best like two weeks of the past several years um, leading up to this week. And this week has just been total shit, just total mm-hmm. shit. And I have been mm-hmm. like on the warpath. I'm like wanting, <laughs> like, I'm depressed. I'm like wanting to like, you know, yell at people and like really being angry. And like the whole time I'm like, gosh, I like, why can't you be like, you know, no, 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 no. Like, you know, like you talk about spiritual bypassing, like this is real life, you know? Yeah. And I totally like went into the Akashic records. Like I am so pissed because <laughs> why does it have to be this extreme? Like, why is this like, why we get both of these, but you know, this is part of life. This is part of living. And when we really are able to break it down, there are different things that are going on, you know, that, that bring that in, but pain is part of it and it sucks. I am not a fan. I definitely would like to run in the other direction oftentimes, but you know, I know it's the same exact for you that like all of the most profound, incredible things in my life have come after moments of extreme pain, heartache, those kinds of things. And I think that if people are able to be objective about their own situation, that they would see, you know, the same slash similar thing. Um, because they are, pain is such a powerful teacher. And it's like why poets create, you know, some of them are best work when they're like down. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so it's it's just, yeah, it's part of being human. Um, go ahead. As I say, you can even think about Jesus, right? Let's take it back to Christianity, right? Now, whether you believe in Jesus or you, as God, or you believe he was an um, enlightened master who, whose words got uh, misinterpreted, and but let's just let's just assume that Jesus archetype. Jesus knew who he was, right? Jesus was was realized, but even on the cross, what did he say? He screamed out in pain, "My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Yeah. Jesus got angry in the temples and flipped the money tables. If it's good enough for, and, 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 and this has sort of become a mantra for me in a lot of ways, it's good enough for Jesus and it's good enough for me. Yeah. Why do I have higher expectations of myself than, than Jesus? That's like impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, 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 if, if we look at, if we look, I, I, I really resonate. I think it's one of the reasons why I felt so resonant, so close to Ram Dass or even Alan Watts is they expose who they are. They're, they, they don't paint this picture of being, I'm this perfect this perfectly enlightened being, I sit in my, I sit in my white clothes with the halo over my head and I will anoint mm-hmm. you. And I, you know, it's like, yeah, let's talk about when I'm in meditation and I'm thinking about having sex, right? Ram Das, <laughs> Ram Das talked about that. He says, you know, I, I remember he's like, I would go to these, these meditation um, retreats where we would meditate for 12 hours. And after 12 hours, you know, after a couple hours, your mind just starts to wonder. And the master would walk up and down 
making sure we weren't moving and, oh, um, Doss is meditating just fine. But inside my mind, I'm thinking about having sex. He goes, but he doesn't know that. The guy, you know, the, the guru who's walking back and forth doesn't know that. He tells these stories about his own vulnerabilities. And it's like, yes, that's being sold. Let's talk about being soul driven. Let's just, let's just be who we are. Let's just be, let's just be comfortable in our skin. Let's just be comfortable with where we're at. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important, but that's not, you know, even within the spiritual community and you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit beforehand, there's so much misconception about, you know, how things are like all light and love in the spiritual community. And that's just, it's just as real as, as every other day out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Really, I mean, for me, I think that certainly my mission is helping people to connect with their spiritual self and whatever way that takes shape. That's not up for me to judge or guide. You know, that's why I bring on so many different folks onto this podcast. But um, because when we do go through the hard times, then we have beings we can listen, we can lean on. You know, we have practices we can utilize mm-hmm. to to help us get through it easier. You know, but it's definitely not in an attempt to bypass. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk with you about your hypnotherapy work because you just published a book about near-death experiences um, and um, back to the beyond exploring near-death experiences through hypnosis. And I want to chat a little bit about near-death experiences, but I'm super curious and I've always been curious about lives between lives. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you know that book, um, many lives, many masters. Many masters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I remember reading that book and I was kind of like, I was a little bit sad or I don't know, um, a bit bummed out when he, and he talked about like the between lives. I, I feel like maybe not a lot, but it just mm-hmm. felt like it was, it was weird. The imagery that I got was very like dark and like people are just like waiting in line and like, it's not this, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, people are like, just like waiting in line to go type of thing, which I'm like, that's not, and that may have just been my perception of the time. It's been several years since I read the book, but I'd love to know more about lives between lives and just, um, if you can give us a little bit of an overview about like what happens in between our lifetimes. Yeah, for sure. So um, if you're, if you want to get a really good understanding of life between lives, I recommend reading destiny of souls by Dr. Michael Newton, who really was the um, he's the one who, who, who I don't want to say discovered it, but he he was sort of the originator, the founder of, of, of life between life regressions. And it was, it was the first book on, on, on hypnotherapy that I'd ever read. And it's the book that inspired me to go to hypnosis school um, or, or to seek out the past life regressionist here, which led me to go to hypno- hypnosis school. And, um, you know, life bet- what a life between life regression is. So let's first talk about what a regression is. So in hypnotherapy, you know, people think of hypnosis and hypnotherapy is you go to the fair, right? And I'm going to have the pendulum and you know, when I count to the number three, your eyes are going to be closed and you're going to be in deep, deep sleep. And then, you know, when I count to the number three and snap my fingers, you're going to bark like a dog. Right. Um, so, you know, there is hypnosis, which is suggestion based hypnosis. So people who are looking to lose weight or stop smoking, or they have some kind of behavior, they want to stop hypnosis is, is, is can be good for that, which is essentially just suggestions. Right. So once you're in the hypnotic state, 
okay, Anna, next time you have the urge to grab a cigarette, uh, instead you're going to go to the refrigerator and you're going to grab a carrot, right? And so you go into the subconscious mind and you reprogram these, these, these behaviors, right? Now that's hypnosis. And hypnosis works great if there's no underlying trauma or experiences that are causing those behaviors to exist, right? Like I just started eating chocolate one day because my friend gave me a piece and now I'm hooked, right? Okay, I need to stop eating chocolate. That may be something you can work through with hypnosis. Hypnotherapy is actually therapy. Hip, and, and, and the way it's practiced is through what's known as regression. And what regression means is, go, is going backwards, right? So um, I was doing so great, but I regressed this week, right? It just means you're going backwards versus progress, which is to move forward. And so in a regression, you go back, which is in current life or present life regressions, you go back to maybe early childhood memories. In a past life regression, you go back to regress back to past life memories. Now, if you believe that we live many lives, because not everybody does, but if you believe in the concept of, of reincarnation, there is there, there are different thoughts on it, right? Like the traditional Tao, uh, uh, um, Buddhist belief or, or um, Tibetan belief is, is uh, the universe is playing a game of hide and seek with itself, right? And when it plays hide, it comes to life as us uh, and forgets that that's who it is. And when it's done playing hide and seek, it goes back to being God until it wants to come back again, right? So this is constant. It's a very simplistic way of, of, of explaining it, but it's back and forth, back and forth. And so... With, with between lives regression, <clears throat> it's a little bit of a, a shift from what perhaps, and I, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on, on Tibetan or, or Buddhist, I'm not sure how, how much they believe in these aspects of it, but with a past life, you live a life, and after that life is done, you die. Your physical body dies. And just like we all expect to happen in this life, when our body dies, we move on to wherever we go next, Right wherever that plane or whatever that dimension is. Now, in reincarnation, before, you know, at least it is, is, is life between lives explains it, is you, you live a life, your body dies, and then you go to this dimension or realm for a little while in between coming back to the physical realm, to the human, to the earth realm or wherever you go. Maybe you go to a different planet, right? Um, who knows? But in between lives, hence the between lives, you have this experience wherever you go. Now I say wherever you go because between lives can be totally different for everybody. There's not like one place, you just don't show up at Home Depot and I need some lumber, right? It's, it, it really just depends. And so what between lives can help you, uh, what a between lives regression can help you understand is, uh, I guess the best way to say it is when clients want to have, have a, a between lives regression, we set the intention that it be a regression that helps explain things that are going on in this current life. Right. And so what ends up happening is they go back to a past. So the way I conduct my between lives regressions is I take the client back to a past life that is most relevant to the current life. And then at the end of the past life, they experience their death and they experience then going into the beyond, if you will. And from that, wherever they go, they go, and we explore that, whatever their memories of, of where they went to. And sometimes people go to different places after each life. So it just really can depend on what happens after they, they their physical body dies. But I, I, I've seen everything from, 
oh, there's, I'm with Jesus or I'm with my spirit guides or I'm with my family. And there's my dog who, who I lost when I was like two years old. Um, other people's experience blending back into all, part of all that is just becoming co- pure consciousness. Um, there, you know, there's a variety of different things, but one of the, one of the reasons people like doing the between lives regression is, is to, to understand and learn who they are and to figure out why did I come here? What's my purpose in this lifetime? And so in my experience on it, not everybody gets to the between lives, um, uh, um, space, you know, it really just depends. And, and my philosophy on it is if your soul wants you to, to access that dimension and realm and to get those answers and to experience that, then you'll go. If it's not meant for you to experience, then you won't. And so, uh, but it, it, it's a really beautiful experience for people because they really get to more so than a past life regression, a past life regression, you sort of discover, wow, I've lived many lives. I've, wow, this is really cool. I am an eternal soul. But then when you meet your when you go to the other side and you, and you, you get a witness to the buffet of beautiful uh, 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 things that exist in the place that we call home, it's a whole other thing. And it's truly a, a, an incredible experience. That's awesome. Thank you for breaking that down. Um, so it sounds like doing like a between lives regression then is really to help understand the current lifetime primarily correct. And like a past life regression would be focused on just kind of getting a overview of like where you've been, what you've been through, maybe definitely giving you like insight to some things that you're dealing with now. Um, yeah. In this current lifetime. I know in yeah. the Akashic records, a lot of times they'll bring up past lives, you mm-hmm. know, that are like, well, your heart is, you know, very closed in this lifetime because of this and this and this that happened in your past lifetimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see that fitting. Um, so why is it that you chose to focus your book on near death experiences? You said this is like all the rage right now. So are like, is this a very common thing? So Anna, just to let you know, I can go till nine 30. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I just want to throw that in there. Let me see 40 minutes. Okay. Perfect. You're good. So near-death experiences, you know, near-death experiences, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when I was going through my journey uh, after my dad uh, passed away, uh, I was looking for anything. And obviously, um, you know, the medium being able to connect with my dad was really important for me to, you know, have the belief that, no, we don't go to hell if we don't believe in Jesus, right? And that there is, um, that he's alive and well, and he's, you know, and that was great. Um, But and as you know, on the seeker's path, especially when you come from a, a traditional religious background, it's easy to just like, yeah, but what if that was just a bunch of hooey, <laughs> right? Sure. For sure. And, and so it's like, okay, well, I want to, I want, I need, I need more. I need to learn more. I need to, I need to just, you know, and, and it's like, once you experience, it's like, uh, what's the, the Pringles? Once you pop, you can't stop. So like, once you have that, <laughs> once you have that first potato chip, right, you want more and more and more and more. So it's like, okay. <laughs> I need to learn more about this stuff. And I uncovered, I, I used to listen to this, this, uh, this talk show. I think it's still on. It's called coast to coast AM. It's on ungodly hours between like midnight and 3am. And I I think truckers mostly listen to it, you know, uh, when they, when they drive in in late nights, but I used to stay up and listen to it and they have people on of all different kinds of like shadow. We're going to talk about shadow people today, or we're going to interview people who used to work for the government who are part of the, the, the shadow government. 
um, and can tell us all about what's going on behind the scenes and people who remote view and all this cool stuff. And, and, and it was all really fascinating because it's all mystical things. It's all, they're all topics that, you know, UFOs and aliens. Um, but one of the most interesting uh, areas that they touched on for me were near-death experiences. And, and I became fascinated with near-death experiences. And I just read, um, you know, story after story after account after account. And, um, and there's one type of, of, of near-death experience. And I talk about this in my book. Uh, back to the beyond, I try and educate people on what a near-death experience is, what a past life is, and all this stuff, just to kind of warm people up for what a, you know, for the story itself. But, uh, you know, with, with there, there's a certain type of, of, of near-death experience called a veridical NDE. And a veridical NDE is when somebody briefly dies, they leave their body, and they go somewhere which allows them to bring back new information that they didn't have before they died, right? So one famous example of this is, uh, and I can't remember the woman's name, but she uh, had gone in for emergency surgery. They gave her anesthesia. Um, you know, when you go into a surgical room, they tape your eyes shut. They don't want your eyes opening up in the middle of surgery, right? So they, they literally tape your eyes shut. So she's oh, wow. in the surgical room, her eyes are closed. She's full of anesthesia, eyes taped shut, they do the, the procedure on her they take her back into her room. And when she comes to the doctor's asking her how she was, and she says, you know what? I saw those sticky notes that you were placing on the monitor um, by the wall in the operating room. And she was reading, she, she told him verbatim all of the messages that were on the stickies that were on the monitor. And the monitor was completely on the others. There's no way even with her eyes open that she would have been able to see the tiny little writing on, on those, but she verbatim read everything. And, 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 and the, this, 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 the surgeon was interviewed by this legitimate news uh, organization. It wasn't like a spiritual magazine. It was a, a real, and he's like, there's no way she could have known that. Um, there's <laughs> no way her eyes were never open as a doctor. He's like, I can't explain how she knew it. I'm not going to say she had a near death experience, but I can't explain this through science. And you see that a lot in near-death experiences where people will come back, they'll they'll meet someone on the other side, let's just say, who's a family member that gives them information about something in their family that they had no idea about before. And they come back and they ask about it and find out, oh yeah, that's true. There's all kinds of these veridical experiences and that really helped me to believe and it really helped heal a lot of the, the anxiety I had about death. That, okay, mm -hmm. we really do move on. And so... You know, once I learned hypnotherapy and I began practicing past life regression and so on and so forth, um, you know, I, I actually had discovered that people who have near-death experiences have two challenges. So number one, oftentimes they come back from their near-death experience and they start, they begin going through what I call a, a dark night of the soul. Yeah. Because I mean, imagine you get in a terrible car accident, you're in incredible amounts of pain, you die. You go to the other side to a place that most people describe as home. Um, you're surrounded by infinite love. Uh, you're just in this amazing place. And then you're sent back. And now you wake up and your body's crushed or whatever, right? Near-death experiences typically don't occur from a happy situation. And, um, and, and people don't want to be here because life is hard, right? Like, I want to go back home. I want to be where I was. So they go through this tremendous, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why did I have to come back? And they struggle with and agonize with that question. And then there are other people who had 
near-death experiences like 15, 20 years ago, maybe five years ago, and they don't remember key parts that they want to recall. Uh, and when I say key parts, key messages, things that they were told by they met Jesus or an alien or whoever that they, they, they just can't, they can't recall. And so I was driving in my car one day because that's where all my ideas happened. And I, uh, I, I was like, wow, I wonder if I can take people back to uh, a past life or a, a current life memory. I should be able to regress people back to their near death experience and have them be able to re-explore that. So I had no intention of writing a book uh, at the time. I was just interested in doing some research to see if this was something that was doable. So I belonged to a couple of uh, uh, near-death experience groups on Facebook, and I just posted a call. I'm like, hey, I'm really interested in conducting this research. If you've, you've experienced an, a near-death, an, an NDE, um, you know, and would like to, to go back in time, if you will, and re-experience it, uh, you know, reach out to me and let me know, and, and we'll have a conversation. So I had a bunch of people who reached out, and I picked, I picked uh, I think, 10, 10 people all together, and I used seven of the accounts, but all 10 were able to go back. And what I found, uh, I, what, was, what was really interesting about the near-death regressions that were different than the past life regressions, you know, in a past life, you go back to a past life. In a between lives, you go back to a, a space that you visited in between us a lifetime, two lifetimes, right? In a current life, you go back to memories of the current life. But with near-death regression, what I found out is they weren't really being regressed. They weren't going backwards to a memory of when they died. They were actually being transported back to the dimensions realms they visited after their physical body died, but brand new fresh encounters with even new beings think uh, it, it, it just the best way to say it is allow them to go to just leave their body again and just go wherever they felt inclined to go which was totally different than what i had expected to happen and these people these 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 volunteers were able to get the answers to the questions that they had and imagine somebody who's just struggled with 15 years of why did i have to come back and just agonizing over that and they get a simple response to their question. It might be, it's not for you to know, or you already know the answer, or you'll know in time, or your purpose in life is to love. Simple answers, right? Nothing like, oh, well, you, you came back to be a, a NASA astronaut and land on the moon and, you know, <laughs> discover life, right? But these simple answers are enough to change people's struggles for 15, 20 years. So for me, near-death experience, uh, working with near-death experiences was a way for me to pay back this community for uh, all the work, all, all the help that they gave me and, and, and sort of overcoming my fear of death. And, um, and now I'm really fortunate. I'm starting to work with IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Um, they've reached out to me. They read my book and they're like, we want to work with you. I'm going to be leading workshops and and, and I'm already working with some IANS members for, for near-death experience regression. And it's just been really a beautiful unfolding in terms of, um, you know, just, just watching the, the universe uh, open, open doors. So uh, it's, it's been a, a true blessing this path. It's been an absolute blessing. It's really interesting because I didn't, I didn't realize, uh, like, I want to read your book now is really all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's um, cool because the book has, uh, so, you know, the, 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 the chunk of the book are the accounts, the, the near-death experience accounts of, this, of seven people who I regressed. 
So you get to actually hear in their own words. It's a transcript of their account. And then after their account, you get to, to read through the entire regression session. So it's not me writing about the regression session. You're actually reading the transcript of, you'll see the question I asked, and then you'll see the person answer it. Yeah. And you really get a sense for, wow, this, is, this isn't just this dude making up this nonsense, right? So you really get a full, a full, full picture of it. It's like uh, Dolores Cannon's books, which I don't know if you've ever read those, but oh my gosh, I've read so many. They're extremely fascinating. And I always appreciated the fact that, yeah, just just share a transcript because why not? Why would you ever yeah. try to, to summarize those kinds of things, you know? Um, so, so your book is coming out and I know that like, well, your book is already out, sorry, but you've got this like, also like this TV show that you're going to, that's going to be coming out as well, right? Oh, the documentary? The documentary. Yeah. I was for the near-death experiences. Yeah, it's not necessarily for near-death experiences. It's a gentleman who, um, he's a filmmaker and he's got a film company and, and he's worked on lots of big movies, which is very exciting. <laughs> but he um, he suffers, I, I shouldn't say he suffers, but he struggles with a paralyzing fear of death. Mm. And... Um, <clears throat> And so he wanted to create this documentary movie on uh, that basically chronicles his his pursuit of, of 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 trying to get the answers to what happens after we die. And so for this documentary, he interviewed you know people from all different backgrounds, you know, priests, pastors, rabbis, you know, imams, people like you and me, um, you know, to try and get like a full three hundred and sixty view of of different people's beliefs and discovery. So yeah, he came down to my healing studio here in, in, in beautiful Stillwater, Minnesota with his film crew and we recorded and it was a really great, it was an awesome uh, interview. But then after the interview, I facilitated a past life regression on him. Um, so, and, and they recorded the past life regression. I'm not, I'm not sure how much of it he's going to sh show because what he discovered about a past life might not really be um, ready for prime time, but, but it did explain his terrible like, fear of death in this life, which is really brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, it was really cool to be a part of that, of the, of this documentary that's coming out in 23, but it was even cooler to see this guy who he's, he calls himself the, 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 the ultimate skeptic, right? Regardless of how much information he processes in, in his brain, right? It's, 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 it's this, this constant skepticism of what he's, he's seeing and even what he's experiencing. I mean, the guy experiences this paranormal stuff Then anybody else would be like, dude, really? Like, how do you not believe? <laughs> and he's still very much a skeptic. But when he came out of the past life regression, he sent me a message saying, Adam, I, I really have to process this because he's like, this is not what I expected. He's like, I, um, he's like, I, I didn't think I'd really, he's like, I'm really struggling with this because it's so real and I don't know how to, to take this all in. And for me, that was even better than being in this documentary because it's like, you see somebody's eye start to open up, Heck yeah! <laughs> you know? Heck yeah, yeah. It's really cool. So that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Was, I totally, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've worked with people before who are like, uh, Akashic records or whatever. And yeah, to see them like completely change or just like kind of make that big shift. And especially if it's this person who's been really kind of you know, very much one way, super skeptical, then that's huge because I feel like you're 
mission is similar in that like you just want to introduce people to their spirituality to the fact that there's more you know to the fact that like what we see is just it's just a part of it (laughs) um so i want to make sure we respect your time and unfortunately of course i knew we weren't going to be able to get into all the things um so let's go ahead and dive into the lightning round you ready let's do it all right (laughs) All right. So question number one, what is the one habit that you can't live without? The one habit I can't live without. Wow. That's a good one. Um, oh boy. I guess, uh, I guess if, 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 if it's a vice, uh, cookies, um, I love cookies. That's like my, you know, I, I can give up sugar and, and be done for six months and walk into a room where there's freshly baked chocolate chip cookies and, and my dieta <laughs> is officially broken. <laughs> so uh, that, uh, I, I admit I'm a law and order, uh, law and order is probably, uh, my other, uh, uh, habit that I can't kick. I just can't get enough of old law and order SVU episodes. <laughs> uh, my partner, like one of his nicknames for me is cookie monster. So I feel you. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I knew we were more, I knew we were kindred souls at many different, at many different points. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely have a problem as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number two, what does spirituality mean for you? Oh boy. Um, I think at the end of the day, spirituality to me is remembering who we are. Um, you know, I think the speak, the seeker's path is mostly spent looking outside of ourselves for God. And as Alan Watts so brilliantly said, if God was to play the ultimate game of hide and seek and he wanted to hide someplace where no one would find him, where do you think he'd hide? Well, he'd hide in each of us because we never look there. Mm. And, and so I, I, I think spirituality is, is, or awakening it, it, to me, it's very similar they're very synonymous with each other is, is sort of going back to who remembering who we are. And I think on, I know this is lightning round, but, you know, we can touch on, 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 this isn't just for people who believe in, in the things that you and I believe in, um, you know, people who believe in Jesus, who have a really not, not, not religious, but faith, right. When they fall in love with Jesus and, and, and people are going to call me a heretic here, they're actually falling in love with the part of themselves that they're remembering that they're projecting is, is this Jesus moment. Um, you know, and, and because even if, 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 and even if that sounds like a heretic statement to make, even the new Testament says the new, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Well, what does that mean? You know, when you accept Jesus, he comes into your heart. Okay, great. What does that mean? It means God's inside you. And so you're connecting with who you are. It's just different ways. It's just different, different layers of the onion. It's just maybe not different layers of the onion, but it's different sides of the coin. It's still the coin. It's just different sides to it. Aspects of us, different aspects of us. We're yeah. all connected. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, number three, what is your advice to anyone who's looking to find purpose? Ooh. Um, well, number one, I'll say you're already living your purpose. <laughs> um, you know, we all walk around, what am I supposed to be doing here? Uh, and, and, you know, the reality of it is, is if you look back on your life and you look at where you are now, you can see how all of the different pieces of your life 
have sort of this beautiful tapestry uh, of, of, you know, that, that, that you can clearly see how each of those different decisions that you made or experiences you had have led you to this moment where you are right now. We're always right where we're supposed to be, even if we feel like we're not, even if we feel like, oh man, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict, right? Sounds terrible because that's, because there are things that, that, that as society, we don't have toler we don't have tolerance for, we don't accept. But what if there's a lesson we're supposed to be getting from the alcoholism or from the drug addiction um, that, well, that's, that might be your purpose for right now in this life. So number one, we're always living our purpose, regardless of where, where we are. And number two, for those who are looking for a little bit more tangibility uh, behind that answer, you know, I always like to say, think back to when you were a kid. Like, what did you like doing as a kid? Uh, and and it, it's interesting for me because I went through the same process where I was like, okay, what's my purpose? You know, and along the path of, of, of my spiritual awakening, right? It's like, okay, I'm not this person who I used to be anymore. So now what am I supposed to do with my life? And I remember I was thinking back and I was like, wow, as a kid, I was a magician. You know, I took magic lessons and I would, you know, I would do kids magic parties and I like, you know, 13 years old, I'd walk around restaurants and go to card different tables and do card tricks. And, you know, that's, that's, I fell in love with magic and, and I lost that. I lost mm-hmm. that love when I got older and, you know, I was like, well, okay, I'm too old to do kids parties anymore. It's a little creepy. <laughs> uh, but now I look at what I uncovered with all of this mystical, beautiful, um, you know, spiritual, whatever you call it. And I'm like, well, this is magic too. And it's like, oh, now I understand. Now I understand. I love this. Like what I was doing as a kid was sort of a, 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 a manifestation of the, the, uh, of, of, of what my true life's passion is. My purpose is, which is to experience things that are far greater than myself. And so that's my own, that's my own journey. That's my own purpose. What your, what your purpose is. I would, I would definitely look back to your childhood and what did you really feel drawn to? What did you really feel a connection to? And then just use that as your intention as you seek to find out your purpose in, in this life. In this, as you, as you, I shouldn't say in this life, but in the stage of your life or this part of your life. Awesome. Okay. And last question. It's a really big one. Are you ready? Uh, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can people find, connect with you online? Yeah. So if you're interested in reading Back to the Beyond, um, you can get it uh, really cheap. I think Amazon's selling it right now for 12 bucks, uh, but you can go to backtothebeyond.com or go right to Amazon, which is backtothebeyond.com forward slash Amazon, and uh, you can you can purchase the book. Um, you can find adamdince.com, uh, which is my, my personal website. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about my healing services, um, you can go to uh, sacredstairwayshealing.com. And I just released a brand new, if you're looking, if you're an energy healer, or if you're looking to become an energy healer, I just released a new online course, which you can take, and you can find that at rosehealingcourse.com, and you can learn how to become a sacred rose healer. And uh, once you finish the, the, the course, you'll, you'll get a certification, and you'll be fully equipped to use roses to heal uh, people's energetic, mental, and physical bodies. I'm, I, we'll just have to have you back to talk about that, because we didn't even <laughs> get, a, get into it. I knew we, I was like, okay, where are we going to start? There's only Um, so many minutes in a podcast. So only so many. All right, Adam, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. (laughs) 
All right, folks, if you were inspired by today's interview, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Be sure to subscribe and sign up for the email list um, where you'll get podcast updates, promotional information, and other helpful resources. Have an incredible week. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week. Bye.